The guests on Love Hurts occasionally use some adult language and go into some more intense subject matter, but that's kind of how real life works anyway. This is Love Hurts. I'm Brian Berlin. Today's guest is Stacy Bader Curry. Stacy is a storyteller and real estate broker living in New York City. Stacy was always someone who wanted her life to be an adventure. But when she didn't find that with her first marriage, she found herself on a totally unexpected adventure with somebody new. Hey, Stacy, how's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Thanks for coming here to do this. Hey, thanks for having me. Where Where's your story start? Where are we, where are we going today? Uh, so we're going to start when I was 23. Okay. I like... I don't remember my 20s much. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Just from Just time I'm so, that has passed? Or like, yeah, okay. it's, it, it was a while ago. Um, yeah, I'm a little bit older than you. Yes. But when I was 23, a really weird thing happened. My boyfriend proposed to me. Well, I know. How we long? Were, how long were you dating? We for? were dating like two years. Okay. Um, so. He was he was two years older, so we were both you know recent college grads. Okay. weren't like in some like religious sect or anything yeah, yeah, i wasn't yeah, yeah. i wasn't knocked up like there was no reason really we weren't living together weren't really talking about it okay oh so it wasn't even like hey this might happen at some point yeah it was just like, i was oh. just like we went on vacation and we were on um a ferry and he just like pulled out a ring and i was like wait what <laughs> and i um i said yes because I was 23 and I was afraid to say no. Yeah, like at that point, did you just feel like, well, I really like this guy? Yeah, I really liked him and I wanted my life to be this big adventure. Yes. And it was not shaping up to be that way. I just, um, you know, I was 23. I had a lot of insecurities a lot of them were financial insecurities i didn't have parents who were in a position to help me out at all okay i had paid for college myself i had student loans i was working as an administrative assistant in an investment bank i didn't know what i was an art history major like i had no idea what i was doing yeah it was like i have a partner to figure life out and we can combine yeah we'll be bigger than um, our parts yeah yeah yeah. and there were there were red flags right away i mean we had big philosophical differences he was very conservative and i didn't realize how much that would come into play later on but i said yes and it was just kind of like we were on this track then and we got married and then a year after we got married i was pregnant wow okay yeah i was 26 is yeah really young yeah you're like still figuring out your life and now still, you're like oh I was, there's a I was baby still coming. just like this lump of clay like i had no idea what i wanted to do and what i wanted to be but i also was really excited to become a mom i had a really rough relationship with my mom my mom was you know typical narcissist and just i never bonded with her and so i really wanted that mother child bond in yeah. some form and to have my own child was <laughs> that's an easy way to get it yeah like you have kind of a redo in a way but yeah. now the roles are reversed totally and, yeah. totally and i totally took it as a redo like you know 
I wasn't breastfed as a baby. Like I breastfed. <laughs> I like shoved my boob down that kid's mouth. <laughs> Every chance I could get, I was like queen breastfeeder. And um, as long as I was a mother, I was okay in my marriage. Like yeah. as long as that was my focus. That, that became the thing that you sort of went all yeah, in on. Yeah. yeah. I just was like all into being a mother. And I ended up having three kids in a row before the age of 30. Whoa. Like, so you like, a lot were of real good on the mom. <laughs> they were like, I'm going all in on the mom. I was like, I'm going all in. I like, you know, made my own granola, read to my kids <laughs> all the time. Like, I would like, I didn't have help. I would like strap a baby on my chest and take them into the park. And yeah, I was all in. Yeah. And so how are and, things with like your husband at this point? point in time i mean we were just like so busy that we were like two ships passing in okay. the night yeah you were and, just so and then and then when i started you know when my kids started getting a little bit older and you know weaned and a little bit more dependent i started you know wanting some more things for myself and i started writing and i applied to graduate school um, for an MFA, and he was like, "Oh, you can't do that. You're a mom." <laughs> and I'm like, "I could be both." Yeah. And he was like, "No, that's not how it works." And um, that was kind of the beginning of the end. And it took a long time, and we kept going to counseling. And eventually, it came out in counseling that you know I wanted to get married young and have kids young because again, I wanted this adventure. I wanted to open up the world to our family. And yeah. I thought we could do that together. But he wanted to get married young because he hated the world. He hated social interactions. And he just wanted to come home every night and have his family. And that was it. He wanted to be in. I wanted to be out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it was just, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was sad. Yeah. We were both like really lonely. But um Eventually, in 2009, we sat our kids down. They were, uh, they were six, seven, and nine, and we told them, and it was awful. And uh, that very first weekend after we told them, I went to a party, and I met someone, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, just not my type. He was just, again, like really conservative, just pretty boring, not creative at all. And like, I just, you know, I'd rather be alone than just keep going down this path. So I, um, I went online and this was in 2000, like end of 2009, 2010, Okay. It was called Nerve.com, which oh, okay. was under the OkCupid oh, of, umbrella. Yeah, and Nerve, they had their it, own yeah, like, content, kind of, yes, too. Yes, yeah. Like, I wrote about losing my virginity on Nerve. It's That's like there the somewhere. perfect platform yeah, 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 yeah. to write about, losing yeah. your virginity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was, it was like, oh, it's like I found my people. Like, People were not a li a, um, afraid to let their freak flag show on Nerve. Most of the people on there had never been married. Okay, okay. And they just, uh, they had this box that it just said, have child slash children. So, you know, I, I checked that box. I never, you know, expounded on that anywhere to say, oh, I have three children. <laughs> I was just like, check. Yeah. You can. That's all it is. Interpret yeah. that as you will. So I wasn't being dishonest, but. 
it was, um, you know, it was interesting because most people assumed like I must just have one child because of my age and. Yeah. So it was um it was interesting and So you'd kind of be like sending messages with people and, Yeah and not yeah. exactly knowing how to drop this part of your right, life on Right. Right. And and there was a lot of people I would meet and I would be very protective about that. Like yes. I wasn't I wasn't ashamed of it. I was like, My kids are great. Yeah, I want- like I'm not gonna share them with just anybody. Yes. I, I just wanted to, you know, explore a relationship on my own outside of my kids. And so this guy winked at me. And I looked at what was that like? That was like the like, a, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. the Facebook poking of nerve dating or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was a thing. <laughs> um, so, and his um his username was Abbey Road. And okay. I was like a Beatles fan, much, but I thought that was sweet. Yeah, like I was like, all right, like I like that this guy in 2010 this is like going to owning, this. Yeah, owning yeah. that he's going to be like this big enough Beatles fan. And his profile, you know, there was it was it was like the anti Tinder. It was very text heavy. I don't remember his answers, but they were all like extremely witty and quirky and. Like exactly my sense of humor. And I'm looking through his pictures and he was cute. Like he seemed like really big and his pictures were a little fuzzy. And then I get to like the fourth picture and it's a picture someone else has taken of him mid laugh and his head is thrown back and his mouth is open and he has the worst teeth I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) Like they're like, not only are they like crooked, they're like, overlapping and he's got a big space in the, and like I've never seen such bad teeth in my life and I felt like I had just been like struck by like Cupid's arrow <laughs> like I don't know why but I was like this guy is so at ease and open and comfortable with himself that he could put this picture on his dating profile like he's like yeah I have bad teeth but I'm not trying to hide it. And so I winked back at him. (laughs) And we just had so much in common. Like in college, I rode my bike across the country. And I went from west to east. And the same summer, he also rode his bike across the country and went east to west. And we were both left-handed. And we were both like the older of two same-sex siblings and... um. You know, we, we had all these conversations about where were we the night Obama got elected. Yeah. and um, So not the conservative people not, you had been dating before. No, yeah. no. And it, we, were, we were only 10 months apart. So we had like so much in common. Yeah. And we finally, like after two weeks of emailing, we finally agreed to meet. And he sends me this message like an hour before we're supposed to meet. And he's like, I just want to let you know. I actually got braces today. (laughs) And I was like, yes. Like, he's fixing his teeth. (laughs) And so we met, and, like, the teeth were, they were so bad. (laughs) Like, the braces were, like, not only. Just, like, feel like you're in middle school. Like, not only did he have braces, but, like, you could put a chiclet in between his two front yeah, teeth. Yeah, that was kind of how my teeth were when I got before I got braces. Yeah, when, I was when a you kid. were like thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is like a thirty-seven-year-old <laughs> man, like meeting in a wine bar. Um, and so 
the first date was he was in pain. <laughs> yeah, because he literally just got braces <laughs> he on. He literally and... got them that day. Oh, so. God. Yeah, that's... It was, <laughs> you know... And, oh, he also didn't know I had three kids. He he had made that assumption. Yeah. That I had the one child. Yeah. yeah. And so he asked me, he said, so, how old is your child? And I actually, I still was getting like um, the school pictures of my kids. Yes. Printed. Yeah, that you like have That I had in my wallet. <laughs> so I had, so I opened up my wallet. And I take out a picture and I'm like, um, this is my daughter. <laughs> She's 11. And he was like, oh. 11 wow and then i go back in my wallet <laughs> and i'm like here's my other daughter she's nine he's like oh you have two kids and then i go back in my wallet i'm like oh here's my son he's seven <laughs> and then he looks at me and he's like you don't have any more pictures in there do you i'm like no no that's it that's it <laughs> um, <laughs> so i didn't hear from him for a week after that <laughs> you like he, freaked him out a little bit yeah i freaked him out he was processing yeah and then he sends me this like long overwrought email and he's like you know we really have a great connection i really like you but you've been married you've had children three children i haven't done any of those things and i'd still like to and i just don't know how we could make this work and i was like you know think you're kind of getting ahead of yourself. Why don't we just have dinner? Yeah. And like, hang on, it'll be, we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. So we went out for dinner and it was just, it was great. I mean, we just, we could not stop talking. And he was just, I felt just such a warmth about him. And just, I just admired him as a person. We kept going out on these dates and like our dates were like, we, you know, we went to a wine bar and then we went to dinner, but then we started doing like, you know, we went to the Museum of Natural History and went to the Silk Road exhibit and we, we just started doing like more fun things, but um, nothing was happening. Like he was not like really making a move or he anything. was not making a move. And even with the braces, I was like really attracted to him. Yeah. And I was like, what? going on like he seemed really into me and i was like this is like really slow like we're 37 i you know he knows i'm not a virgin yeah. like, <laughs> like it's okay yeah, like i don't you know yeah, it's, good. it's okay and so finally um this one day we we just went like walking in the park and then we went to shake shack on the upper west side And we get into Shake Shack and it's like really crowded and we go order our food and we're waiting for, you know, we have that little buzzer thing. Oh, yeah. And we're leaning against this counter. There's like nowhere to sit. And so we have to like lean against this counter while we're waiting and we're really close. And like, I'm not like one for PDAs, but like I just, I almost started making out with him. And then he goes, there's something I have to tell you. And then that little buzzer goes oh. off. I'm like, oh, thank you, Shake Shack timing. Oh, and so he goes to get the food and he comes back and he's like, all right, um, uh, I'll just tell you the whole story. So basically when he was in his 20s, he went and traveled. Around. He was a teacher at the time and he had the summer off and he had a girlfriend who was also a teacher and they went and traveled around the world. And they were in outer Mongolia and 
he ate some funky stew and he got really sick. And when he got back to the U.S., his dad, who's a doctor, looked at him and said, you need to get to the hospital. There's something really wrong with you. And he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which um, he had for many years. It's an, you know, Wait, yeah. it's an autoimmune okay. disease. And um, sometimes ulcerative colitis can morph into another autoimmune disease called primary sclerosing cholangitis. Okay. PSC. Okay. Which is basically a disease where your body is um, attacking your bile ducts. Oh. And your bile ducts kind of crap out and spill bile all over your liver. Jeez. And he had been living with this PSC for about 10 years. And there's no cure for it. And it eventually destroys your liver because bile is really caustic. And when you have it, you know, spilling around your liver, it's it's really bad. And he had had a couple of surgeries and he um, was sick. He was like really sick when we were dating. And the doctors weren't quite sure what to do. And the reason why he hadn't tried anything was that he was walking around with... Um, a tube inserted into his side to drain his bile oh, because okay. he had so much bile leaking that he needed a drain. So he was walking around with like a well, bag pack. of bile. Yeah. Yes, a bag of bile attached <laughs> to his leg. Yeah, and, so he didn't want to get into a situation where like clothes came off. And yeah, and like, like oh, excuse bag. me while I remove my bile. <laughs> and like, I'm like, all right, you know, he's got braces, he's got bile. <laughs> Sign me up. Yeah. So you yeah. were. So you like heard all this, and you just. Yeah. No, I. I, feel like we're I already... actually. I looked at him, and I'm like, and and he was like, you know, there's no cure for this disease, and eventually, I'm going to need a liver transplant. And I was like, um, you're not dating me for my liver, are you? <laughs> and he's like, no, no. He's like, actually, my brother, you can have a living living donor because your liver is yeah, really you, you, you have two lobes it, you have two lobes of your liver and a healthy liver will regenerate yeah so you can actually give a lobe of your liver to someone and both lobes will Come regenerate yeah, 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 yeah. to a new liver so he's like so if it ever comes to an emergency my brother will give me a lobe of his okay. liver so i was like you know what like i don't see this as a problem like you have a game plan like you have great doctors i was like take that bile bag off <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and so not a deal breaker. And so we um we pretty much fell in love like right from there. And then he got really sick and he actually needed a surgery where he needed the disease portion of his liver removed. Okay. And he actually moved in with my kids and I because he just needed a lot of care and yeah, and you were just and, kind of like, I'm invested in this thing. Let's yeah, like figure I mean, it, out. It, it had been months at that yeah. point, and I was like, you know, you're the person I want around my kids. And he was like this math and science teacher. I'm like, it's like <laughs> having a built-in tutor. Yeah, like this is got, like homeschool going yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, this is excellent. <laughs> um, and my kids, you know, I mean, there were some. I'm not going to say it was like yay from like, but eventually, it really they liked having him around, like. We were really happy together and fun, and he um, he recovered quickly. And after he had that surgery, um, we started talking about having a baby. And at this point, I was like 40. 
So I was like, I don't even know if I can do this. And he had been on medication to keep the ulcerative colitis at bay. Okay. And he had to go off that medication in order to have a child. And so he went off the medication. And, oh, oh, I should also explain, sometime in all this, he proposed to me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. By the way. And, and I said yes. Yeah. But I was like, just as long as we don't actually have to get married. Like, yeah. I, I was like, I don't really want to be married again. Like, I like being a mother, but I don't want to be someone's wife. I want to, like, I'm 40 years old and I'm still kind of figuring out who I am and what I want to do. And I don't know, like, marriage Yeah, your first is, experience wasn't the most positive yeah. in certain ways where you were like, yeah, I, I'm committed to being with you, but I don't need this, like, title Right, right. It. Like I just, I don't. It's an institution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah, you trust. Got very, I like, don't trust it. Yeah, I don't trust it. And it felt very liberating to just be with someone and be committed to someone. Yeah, and without, not need that other. Yeah, title and, to and it. it was also like this was like before the Marriage Equality Act had passed, and I'm like, it's bullshit. Like, yeah, who, like our government is going to say who can and can't get married, and you know, like. Brangelina wasn't getting married till that passed. I'm like, I'm not. We're getting on that train. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Copycats. Yeah. Um, and I eventually, it took some time, but I did get pregnant. And we had a daughter. And he, um, he didn't get sick again. And I was like. Like even off the medication. Like off the medication. He was doing great. You know, he had had the disease portion of his liver removed. He went off the medication and he stopped getting infections. And I was like, all you needed was love. You just needed like, <laughs> you just needed like your own family, love. And it was great. And life was really good. And then, um, oh God, it was like December of 2016. I was like rushing to catch a bus. I ride the bus <laughs> and he calls me and he, he gets these um, every six months, he would get these MRIs just to make sure everything was okay with yeah. his liver. Cause again, when you have this disease and you have bile in your liver and it's, it's so caustic, you're at risk for getting bile duct cancer. Oh, okay. And so I'm about to get on this bus and he's like, listen, they just got, my six-month MRI results back, and there's a big cancerous tumor on my bile duct. Ugh. It's uh, this kind of cancer called cholangiocarcinoma. And it, it's like pancreatic cancer, where you, it's kind of asymptomatic, and it spreads really quickly, so it's super deadly, because by the time most people catch it, it's already metastasized, yeah. and it's, it's pretty brutal. And But because he was getting monitored, they found it before it had spread. And so we went, his doctors were up at Columbia Presbyterian. We went up there right away. And they were like, it's not, we can't get to this tumor through surgery. You're not a good candidate for chemo. You, we just need to get you a new liver immediately. You don't have time. He was on a transplant list. They're like, you don't have time to get one off the transplant list. You need to find a living donor. 
And he's like, well, let me call my brother. And he calls his brother. And now, mind you, his brother is a doctor, too. Yeah. His brother didn't know his blood type. So to be a, um, a liver donor, it's it's a lot less complicated than a kidney donor. Okay. You basically have to have the same blood type and have a relatively healthy liver. And his brother didn't know his blood type. So his brother gets tested, and he's not the same blood type. Oh, wow. And so, you know, who is the same blood type, though? Me. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I kept thinking back to that time in Shake Shack yeah, where I, I was like joking like you're not dating me for my liver are you and I'm like oh <laughs> oh boy yeah I cursed myself but I was actually so relieved his brother couldn't do it because his brother at this point was married and had a daughter and I didn't want to take him away yeah, from, like, like that's put hard him in a tough yeah position. like that's really hard to ask and I was like, this is meant to be. Like, I can do this. We'll just, we'll have help with the kids and we'll get through this. And I was so excited to like, you know, not only save this person I love, but just to save a human's life. Like not many people really get to do that. And so the transplant coordinator like sends me off to a Quest lab to get blood work. And like, I have my sheet for the blood work and I run to Quest Lab. Like not many people can say like, I sprinted to Quest Lab. I couldn't wait to get to Quest, but I sprinted to Quest. Like my blood work comes back and it's like, great. I have like amazing liver function. And like, I drank a fair amount. I was like, oh shit. Like I, I have like tequila and tonic every night. I'm like, <laughs> you can do that yeah, and still have so a then, healthy liver. So now you yeah, you know like the yeah. limits that you could put exactly. your liver to. Like, oh, phew. So they like start me right away on this donor testing. And um, it's pretty extensive. You have to meet with like a social worker and a psychiatrist and a financial planner. And Jeez. Yeah. And you meet with, um, and so one of, and so everything is going great. Like I'm super healthy. Everything's looking fine. And then you meet with a hepatologist, the liver doctor. Okay. And her name was Dr. Fox. And she was like a total fox. <laughs> like she was like. It's appropriate name. Yeah, I know. And she was like. And so she's like, so. And they all ask you the same questions. Like, what is your relationship okay. to the recipient? And we just had like this good rapport right away. So I was like, he's my baby daddy. <laughs> like. I don't, I didn't really know what to say. Like, you know, I hate the word fiance. Yeah. You know, like we're not, yeah. Like, yeah, like we're committed to each other and have a kid together. Yeah. Like, yeah. This so is, baby daddy's appropriate. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, he's my baby daddy. And she has to do this ultrasound of my, of my belly to look at my liver to see if it's fatty or not. So she's standing over me and she's got this ultrasound wand in her hand. And then she pauses one more time and she's like, I just want to let you know. If you don't want to go through with this, I can just tell everyone you have a fatty liver. <laughs> like you can have an automatic out. Whoa. Yeah. She's like, nobody has to know. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Like I almost started crying. I was like, if anyone tried to take this away from me, I would be devastated. Like this is an honor. Yeah. Do. Like I wasn't like at all. Yeah. Con- that you didn't have a fear that you were like, I don't want to do this. You just no, knew that. No, I had it was zero like- fear. Like the risks are, you know, they tell you like everyone you meet with, like even the social worker that you meet with, she's like, 
do you understand the risks? It's, you know, infection, it's um, hernia. Oh, and it's death. But it's Columbia Presbyterian. Yeah. They're like a world-class hospital. They've never lost a living donor. Okay. Yeah. I was like, you know. Yeah, you know that in the end of the day, you're not dealing with crazy odds. In this right, story, right. Like... I was like, it's a pretty, you know, they can actually do it laparoscopically oh, now. Okay. It's like crazy. Okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, it's, you know, you're taking half my liver. It's not that big yeah. of a deal. So um, after you have all your medical testing, all the doctors get together and they have a meeting and it's like they approve you as a donor. They go through all the results and okay. they approve you as a donor. So I go through all the testing. Everything is looking great. And I was so anxious um, because every day that we were waiting for this to happen, that tumor could be getting bigger yeah. and could be spreading. And he was not feeling well. He was scared. And I just, you know, I wanted to give him my liver like that day. And so I thought about like how, you know, I was like joking around with Dr. Fox, like he's my baby daddy. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to give you my liver and have you be my baby daddy. Like, let's go to City Hall and get married. And he was like, really? Like, now you want to marry me? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we did it. We went to City Hall, just us and the kids. Uh, my oldest daughter was 18 at the time. <laughs> so she was our witness. And um, oh, getting married at City Hall is the best. Like, I don't know why anyone would want to do anything other. It's just, there's, it's so diverse and it's like so many different ages and countries and it's just, it's beautiful. And um, it was a great wedding. <laughs> and then we all went to dinner afterwards and we're sitting at dinner and my phone rings and it's the hospital. And um, I get up to go take the call and I go like, there's like this like busboy station in the corner of the <laughs> yeah. restaurant. And I'm like, you know, I didn't want him to see my face. And it's, um, it's Dr. Samstein, who is head, he's like the chief liver doctor at Columbia. And he's like, I just want to let you know, you have a really healthy liver. I was like, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and um, he's like, but you cannot be Dave's donor. Um, they got the MRI results back and you have two lobes and they give the larger lobe to the recipient. Yeah. And most people, your liver is divided 70, 30. Um, no, I'm sorry. Most people it's 60, 40. And so they leave you with 40, give the got it, yeah. Yeah, recipient 60. And they have to leave you with at least 30% of your liver by law. Okay. It's too risky otherwise. Uh, my liver is like, I have a freaky liver. It's like 73, 27. It's like one in a million. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, you know. So yeah, you would have been left with too small liver. Exactly. I, I would have died. Yeah. Yeah. And I was oh. like, I was like trying to bargain with him. I'm like, how about, can you give like my small lobe to a kid and maybe that parent. And he's like, no. Yeah, can we do some yeah. trade-offs? Yeah, like and he's like, no, you can't be a liver donor. I'm sorry. Ugh. And I was like, oh. So I was like, I'm looking across the room at Dave and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> like that was my wedding present. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And I had to go back and be like, I can't do it. And... um we were like, check, please. 
yeah like we can't be at this restaurant right now yeah yeah and um it was awful but i was really glad we got married i was glad that you know we now got to do this together because now i had to find someone else to give my my husband a liver yeah yeah and so i um I was talking to a friend of mine about it that night and she was like, why don't I put something on Facebook? And I was like, okay. And so she put something on Facebook and she tagged Dave and I, and I just like, I went to bed and I woke up in the morning and there were just all these messages like, I'll help, I'll get tested. Jeez. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, it's kind of weird when like your life works out the way you want it to be. Like I wanted this big life and like it doesn't get bigger than that. Like yeah. to have like all these people offering to help you. Um, and so Columbia, like on a practical level, Columbia will only do like the deep dive testing on one person at a time. Uh, okay. So you have to like really pick someone yeah so now you're like almost making this weird priority list of like yeah it's like okay who do we like but like not that much (laughs) no no but but you literally have to like like, if you're getting all these requests yeah and so the thing is like so many people were saying like i'll get tested but i needed someone to be like I will do this. Yes. Like not only just yeah. like, oh, I'll start to go down this path. Exactly. Like, I'm committed yeah, to seeing yeah. this to the end type thing. Yeah. And so like the next day I get a, not a message on Facebook. I get a text message from my friend, Sarah Kate. We know her because she is Dave's college friend's older brother's ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> and we're Facebook friends. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah. And she sent me a text and she said, I'm a positive. That's the blood type. Can I help? And it was just like one of those things. Like I knew like. Yeah. that Just seeing that the message could, from that, that person. Like I could like, say, I could say yes to her and she'd be like. And it would happen. And it would yeah. happen. And on February 14th, 2017, <laughs> it happened. Whoa. She, uh, she did it. She never had had surgery before. Wow. It was so scary for her she was so brave she put her life on hold and she did it and uh he's doing great yeah our daughter just turned six this weekend or last weekend i can't i she's, she's my fourth kid <laughs> yeah, I can't keep track. yeah you know she's it's like all numbers at this yeah, point yeah, yeah. in uh, november she turned six okay and yeah. like he's you know coaching her soccer team and like yeah so he's like getting to be this dad and this family yeah and, yeah. and um and he's your husband and he's my husband and i'm all right with it yeah <laughs> yeah oh that's but, great yeah so yeah that's my story yeah that's a great story thanks it was a saga yeah it was great though it was a real yeah thank you for sharing it you're so welcome um do you have like a website or anything if people want to find you? I know you're like anti-Facebook, but I do you know. have like, I don't know, something that people can track you down on if they want to learn more about you or see, I don't know, do you put any of your like stories on YouTube uh, Yeah, or you can find it's Stacey Bader Curry. You can find stories on YouTube. Cool. I don't, uh, yeah, I need to like put some more up there. 
Yeah, I have um, to do that too. Yeah, I'm like, and uh, you can read my political rants on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> my my Twitter handle is Broker Babble. Okay, I'm also a real estate broker. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, which you know, whatever. <laughs> plugging that into yeah. the house yeah no uh, actually yeah, 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 yeah no. no cool yeah all right well thank you stacy all right thanks brian this is how we love this is how we fight for something that's right love hurts is produced hosted and edited by Brian Berlin. Theme music by Mickey Hommel. Show art by Caroline Mallon. You can find Love Hurts on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about it. You can find Love Hurts on Instagram and Twitter at lovehurtspod, and our website is lovehurtspod.com. I'm Brian Berlin. And this is Love Hurts.